0: The Inside the Boards podcast and this message are made possible in part by Med School Tutors. Med School Tutors was founded with a singular purpose to revolutionize the way aspiring physicians prep for standardized exams. They're the leading experts in one to one tutoring for the USMLE, COMLEX, shelf exams, medical coursework, and admissions in residency advisement. Med School Tutors, better starts now. Check them out. At medschooltutors.com. And stay tuned to the end of this episode for a message from med school tutors on how you can get involved with helping your fellow students succeed in medical school. I want to live outside, live outside of all- Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. I am Patrick Beeman, your host. Today's episode is focused a little bit on something different. We are doing another show in our audio blog series. And because Inside the Boards is focused not entirely on teaching you the what of taking an exam, but more broadly, the how to take an exam, focusing on the things unrelated to your fund of knowledge, which can help you throughout your journey of medical education. We have two articles from the Med School Tutors blog today. The first is Mental Health in Med School, When and How to Treat Yourself, And the next is 7 Proven Techniques to Manage USMLE Test Anxiety. Alright, so here we are with Mental Health in Med School, When and How to Treat Yourself by Dr. Tzvi Doran, originally published on June 27, 2017. For both these articles, you can find a link in the show notes to read them in full on the Med School Tutor's blog. Not too long ago, a young man came into my office for the first time. We'll call him John. After taking a thorough medical history, I asked him what brought him in that day. Well, I'm trying to figure out if I'm depressed, John said. Do you have a measurement tool for that? We do, actually. In our office, we use the PHQ-9 to diagnose and quantify the severity of depression. While the tool certainly has its flaws, it does allow us to track a patient's symptoms over time. I went through the questionnaire with him, and he scored a four to five, it was difficult for him to answer the questions. The tool would consider this to be no depression or very mild depression. However, anytime somebody is not sure if they're depressed, I want to find out what is exactly going on. It turns out that John was a young medical student who had moved from another part of the country to attend medical school. He lived alone and worked long hours like most of us do. He had difficulty making new friendships in medical school and had no romantic life to speak of. I just don't feel like myself, he said. I'm tired all the time and I feel lonely. I used to date and now I can't remember when was the last time I went on a date. All I really do is work and I really never do anything for fun. I don't talk to my family much because I'm always working and they don't really understand what I'm going through anyway. I used to exercise regularly, but I don't do that anymore either. I heard that like 50% of medical students are on antidepressants. I just have two questions. Do you think I need an SSRI, and does it ever get better? I told John that while what he was experiencing was very common, it was important to make some interventions to ensure that things don't deteriorate. There's no pill for what you're going through. Looking to a pill to address very real causes of feeling down and alone is not what I recommend. I gave him some reading material to go over, and also discussed some ideas of how he could socialize a bit more, even with his busy schedule. I suggested he get at least a little bit of physical activity, even if it meant just walking for 20 minutes a couple times per week. We discussed implementing some mindfulness practices, as well as other forms of meditation, and made a follow-up appointment for one month later. In the medical world, most of us have been John. Does John sound familiar to you? Most of us have felt like him at some point in our training or careers. We're not necessarily severely depressed or suicidal, but there are warning signs that we need to do something to improve our situation. When you get to that point where you don't feel like yourself, you are definitely going down a risky path. Psychological distress is quite a bit different than physical distress. If you're not sure if some part of your body hurts or not, you can at least be sure that the pain is not severe. However, when it comes to psychological distress, if you're thinking that you might be depressed, then something is definitely already not quite right. While much has been said about the prevalence of burnout amongst physicians and medical student depression, the question is, what about people who do not quite meet the criteria? People who are subclinical, if you will. I think that John's story represents the rule rather than the exception. At some point in our training, most of us will have a period where we feel like we are losing ourselves. For some of us, that feeling will last for years. Is it any wonder why some people go on to develop full-blown depression and even suicidality? In my opinion, asking the question, does it ever get better, is a red flag. It is a sure sign that you are very unhappy with the way things are. And it's probably already time to take serious steps to remedy this situation. This may include seeking professional counseling or psychiatry, or it may simply mean seeking out a mentor to help guide you. Of course, if you are at a point where you are wondering if your life is even worth anything, or you spend a significant amount of time hating your life, it is definitely time for professional help. The next article we have is by Dr. Brian Radavansky, who will be coming on one of our shows in the upcoming weeks. Uh, to discuss a little bit more, you know, the usual question breakdowns that we do. But this article is Seven Proven Techniques to Manage USMLE Test Anxiety, originally published July 6, 2017, on the Med School Tutors blog. At some point in our lives, we feel anxious. It's part of being human. The ability to prognosticate and think about the future gives us the power, or burden, to reflect upon what might happen. And, as survivalist instincts have led to our evolution over millions of years, we are always prepared for the worst of what might happen. Anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Stress is designed to be a good thing. It's the little extra something that allows for the upper echelons of human performance. We call this beneficial stress u-stress, and juxtapose it against its antipode, distress, the feeling that something is wrong, that we are failing. And it spirals, and it sucks in any mental faculty we have. We wonder why we are worrying, and then this makes us worry more. And when 90% of our mind is dwelling on these negative feelings, there's not much more of it to focus on the task at hand, performing well on your test. So what to do? Number one, the USMLE is an opportunity, not a hurdle. Let's start with a general reframing of the entire situation. If you put in the dogged effort required to do well, if you prepare with every ounce of energy, and if you are confident that you couldn't have worked any harder to succeed, then your exam will be a chance to excel. It's imperative to squelch the idea that the exam is a big bad entity looking to destroy you. Replace this thought with the idea that the exam is an objective collection of questions, and it's your job and has been your job, to answer them one by one. Despite a rock-hard mindset, you might still find yourself in a jam. I remember sitting at the test center computer with earplugs tickling my tympanic membranes and the Prometric leaf blower-style headphones on. A cardiology question involving heart sounds came up, and all of a sudden, there I was, with my own heartbeat reverberating in my head. This only made it louder. Valuable time was lost thinking about thinking, outcomes, scores, residencies, and about the time I was losing. I was able to rally and collect myself using some of the techniques below, Many are borrowed from cognitive behavioral therapy and can help you to disregard negative thought loops. Number two, during your exam, remember the stop sign. Close your eyes for a moment and visualize the word stop taking up your entire field of view. Take a breath. Think of something positive. Success, puppies, the person you love the most beaming at you, etc. Smile, and when you're ready, get back to work with a newly centered mind. Number three, Combat testing anxiety with deep breathing. Pump the brakes on all thoughts and direct the entirety of your focus on your breath. Take two to three long, deep breaths, taking about five seconds to inhale and five seconds to exhale. Even if this costs you 30 seconds, finding your center and going to the next questions with focus will be worth it. Number four, gather yourself. It's so easy to let the mind wander during dark times at the test center. I need to not fail this test. I should have studied more. Why can't I do this? Negative self-talk is the enemy. Do not try to answer questions with half of your mind on medicine, the other half on jabber. You have to stop and gather yourself. Besides deep breathing, another technique involves putting all these negative thoughts into a tiny cardboard box in your mind, and throwing it out of your mind's eye entirely. Not only will this visualization help you overcome the thoughts... It will stop you from trying to answer questions with a compromised mind. 5. Use progressive muscle relaxation to focus your mind on your tests. This is another great way to bring things to a halt and de-stress your mind and body. Starting with your head and progressing inferiorly, violently tense every muscle in your body. Then allow it to completely relax. Flex your forehead muscles, jaw, chest, arms, lumbricals, abdomen, buttocks, thighs, calves, toes, etc. You will be much more relaxed after you channel some of that stress into muscular action and then release it all from your body. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. What can be done before taking the USMLE to strengthen the psyche and poise you for success? Number six in the seven proven techniques to manage USMLE test anxiety, meditate. Sit in total focus and allow thoughts, both good and bad, to float through your mind like clouds in the sky. By relaxing your mind and strengthening your focus in non-testing situations, you will be in a better spot during the test as well. You needn't be a reclusive yogi, sitting for 10 minutes per day, and distraction-free silence is a great place to start. Finally, 7. Emulate the USMLE testing environment. It is imperative to do enough practice tests, both NBME and full-length tests, to mimic the thoughts, feelings, and stress of important testing situations. Regular question blocks are too easy to coast through. You need something that you identify as important and different. How many is enough? While well, it is definitely a different number for everyone, step one students should get through at least two to three NBMEs and one full length practice test before the real deal. For step two, one to two NBMEs and the often forgotten full length practice test should suffice. For the real go getter, you can purposely put yourself in a jam. Let five to seven minutes tick off your UWorld block before beginning so that you're forced to work a little more quickly than usual and answer the last few questions with very limited time. That way, if it happens on the real test, you can have the positive thought, I've been here before, and I know how to handle this situation. In addition, if you identify yourself as someone who definitely struggles with this issue, there's tremendous value in seeing a professional to help you build a framework to approach and cope with your testing anxiety. Many med schools have expert mental health services to help you with situations just like this. They've seen anxiety before and know how to help students cope. Therapy exists for a reason. And while it's not something which everyone's comfortable talking about, there is absolutely no shame in getting help when you need it. If it means a better score, more residency opportunities, and improvement of other areas of your life where you're feeling anxiety, then you should absolutely pursue this route. Many of our, that is, med school tutors' students have done this and have seen tremendous improvements after getting their testing anxiety under control. To close, I want to remind you that you are not alone. A recent study found that 22% of second-year medical students experience moderate to extremely high test anxiety. Everyone will experience anxiety. The difference comes in how you process it. Use some of the above techniques. Make sure your preparation is as solid as possible. Desire success more than you fear failure, and you will be on your way to your best score. This is a big problem, right? Burnout, suicide amongst doctors and medical students. Obviously, this is a problem worth addressing, and enough people are talking about it. But if we're honest, it doesn't seem that there are mm, many solutions. At some point during our training, a lot of us will have the feeling that we've lost ourselves. That can take many different forms, but in that feeling of being lost from a mental well-being standpoint, a lot of us will isolate ourselves, right? And we don't reach out for help because often we feel that there isn't any. Inside the Boards is, yes, an examination preparation platform. That's true. But the reason I started it was because of my own sort of personal experience and journey and uh, what I saw my friends going through. Uh, A lot of them, you know, and myself, the incredible stress and importance and weight placed on the USMLE Step 1, the shelf exam Step 2, you name it, it takes a toll on you, and to a lot of us, you know, we we spend a little bit of time, say six weeks, studying for step one, we hold ourselves up in a library or some cubicle somewhere, and, uh, you know, we can let things go that, that contribute to our health, like building our relationships, maintaining our relationships even, exercise, eating well, all the sort of little things that are kind of, you know, givens. Uh, Many of us, we give them up. I want Inside the Boards to be a platform that has an open conversation about the stress related to medical school and and even sometimes the full-blown sort of clinical effects that can result from that stress. I often say that we focus on teaching not the what of taking an exam, but the how. And part of that how is knowing the things unrelated to your fund of knowledge, which can help you not only succeed on an exam, but to live a better life. I'm convinced that the sort of pre-med idealism that we all start with on that first day of medical school, which for some of our listeners will be this week, that gets eroded Throughout medical education, cynicism, burnout, and even depression or pathological levels of anxiety can result. If ITB can encourage you and make things just a little bit better when it comes to the examination component, then we're going to keep doing it and we're going to keep finding ways to help you on your exams and to situate them in a context that is a little bit more circumspect, even though examinations are but really a small piece of one's medical education and even a small piece, perhaps, of the stress that can result from med school. It's still one of the things for which we can take some action, And that's why we've continually been looking for ways to help you live a little bit better of a life, to provide some perspective from leaders in medical education. And of course, with our All Audio Q Bank, our focus has been as this supplementary resource that doesn't cost you any more time because you're driving already, you're working out, you're cooking or cleaning or taking a shower, if we can get some high-yield learning that will stick in your mind during that time, maybe, just maybe, you'll be able to take an extra half an hour or an hour a day to rest and recharge and re-engage with important relationships in your life your creativity, and a whole host of other life things. I know this is kind of a different episode for us. Um, I hope it's not too foreign, but in the background, we are working with others on further ways of addressing not only the burnout crisis and this sort of suicide contagion that seems to be affecting the medical community, our community. And so I wanted to give a little bit of a taste and because Med School Tutors has done such a great job in their blog and you can see from everything written on their website that they are mission-focused. Again, focused on helping you pass exams, but it is still a kind of actionable piece of mental well-being in med school. The whole point of this is, is to encourage you. For those who may not yet have taken step one, I know Stuart, um, our producer extraordinaire and uh, co-founder of ITB, he takes step one today. Actually, as I record this, um, he's probably at the examination center now. <laughs> but uh, those who've you know, who are about to take step one, uh, maybe in this last week, um, or starting out in med school, stay ahead of it. When it comes to chronic diseases and many mental illnesses, prevention is so much more effective than treatment. And the earlier you intervene, the better the outcomes. All right, so that's all we got today in our Audio blog series, thanks to med school tutors. I appreciate you guys listening. And yes, if you are struggling and you feel that your ability to handle the stress of med school may be exceeding your resources, whether via social support, emotional coping skills, or whatever, go to your school's student health or give them a call and ask about scheduling an appointment with a mental health professional. Seek out your mentor or a mentor. Go to the school's learning specialist and ask for a recommendation. It's worth it to prioritize your physical and mental health so that you can be a better doctor for your patients, you can live a better life for yourself, and you can keep the perspective required to have healthy, strong relationships throughout your educational and professional journey. I'll tell you my own story probably more expansively at some point in the next few months. So if you liked those blog articles and you thought, man, med school tutors, they seem like pretty genuine people. Well, you're right. Uh, They are. If you like these ITB audio blog entries, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at insidetheboards.com or just send med school tutors an email directly hq at medschooltutors.com. Here is a message from Med School Tutors on how you might be able to get involved helping your fellow students with their own stress in medical school. Our friends at Med School Tutors understand that with great talent comes great responsibility. You had an excellent education, you worked really hard and have the scores to prove it, as well as some pretty hefty loan balances. How about making some extra money by sharing your superior exam-taking skills with medicine's next round of superheroes, use your powers for good, and get paid. Isn't that in the Hippocratic Oath somewhere? Let med school tutors be a part of your origin story. Together, we can save the world. So if you're interested in becoming a med school tutor, go to medschooltutors.com slash careers. They really are a great company with great people, And helping underclassmen and colleagues with particular struggles is an incredibly rewarding way to use your expertise, which you have now after a couple years of med school under your belt, can be a great thing for your life. And as always, at least somewhat happy studying. Just wanted to thank Rao Reynolds and Enter Shikari for letting us use the track Live Outside off The Spark, their new album, about which Rao said, What I was trying to do with this album in marrying the personal and the political is to ensure that human vulnerability is laid bare and to not be afraid to speak about emotions. Plus, this album is a little lighter than what you heard previously with the song Anesthetist. At any rate, check out entershikari.com.